This is the Courser Cast. Courser Cast. Here's your host, Bobby Courser. Welcome into the Courser Cast. Had a chance to sit down and speak with Jan Vegas of NBC Sports and IndyCar. Jan is in his 30th season with the series. Jan, welcome back to Portland. Thank you. It's great to be back here again. So, a lot of memories, you know. A lot of good racing here in Portland, and a lot of really cool things have happened with the series in Portland. What does it mean to be back here in the Northwest? It's just fun to be back. There's a lot of memories just driving in today for the first time, remembering the last time I was here, which I believe would probably be 2007, but then racing back in the 80s, racing in Indy Lights, and some of the some of the champ car and kart days uh, have been some exciting racing, so it's just fun to be back and, and remember all that. The series has gone through all these little weird twists and turns, but you kind of seem to be the one guy that's the mainstay, and you're kind of the face of IndyCar. Talk to me about your career and how that's worked out for you. Well, mainstay is, is a big word, but maybe survivor <laughs> would be a better term. Yes, I think next year will be my 30th year that I've been able to do nearly consecutively for IndyCar, and yes, it's changed networks. So many faces have changed, but um, it's what I enjoy doing, and I try to just kind of lay low and stay under the radar and don't play too many politics and generally uh, that's worked for me for for keeping employment so I wouldn't by any way say that uh, I'm leading the show in any way but um, I kind of have a unique kind of technical background and driving background so um, I'm just thankful to be doing it this long. And that leads me to my next question. You're a driver and now you're a reporter but you're also kind of the professor. You take fans behind the scenes, you explain the technical aspect of it. Does that give you an edge when you're talking to teams and drivers? I don't know if it gives me an edge. It's just what I'm interested in. I mean, that's the whole idea about television, announcing, even journalism, is that if you take what you're interested in and then you sell it or it's projected to others, um, it's interesting. I mean, if I find a technical aspect of the car interesting, that's going to hopefully pull in a viewer to say, wow, I never knew that. And that's one more element I think that drives. I don't think technical drives the sport totally, but I think of technical as being something that enhances it. It's like, oh, I knew more. I never knew the inside behind that. I still think the driver personalities and what you have fighting out from a championship, you know, that's going to trump everything that kind of builds our own thought of, of competing and, and so on. But when you know kind of the nuts and bolts behind it, I enjoy that and I think it, it adds to the show. You've seen a lot of changes with the car, especially in the 30 years that you've been part of the series. A lot of changes from last year to this year, a lot less downforce, and we're hearing a lot of drivers this weekend complaining about it, especially when you're going through different services. So I know downforce is important, but it really this week seems to be kind of the be-all, end-all. I think that the with the new aero package and lower downforce, I think you would find drivers will complain about not having enough downforce, but on the other side of the coin, they'll be very quick to say on road and street courses that they really like this package because you have to drive the car. It's not driving you. And so I think that IndyCar has hit the downforce level on street and road courses perfectly. It's made for good racing. It's not easy, and that's how you want it. I do think there's a couple ovals ending at the big tracks. Indy, Pocono, we saw that they might need to work on the arrow somewhat to help the, the cars run closer. But for first blush, for as much work as they put into the arrow kit, I definitely think it's a win. And sure, people say, man, I wish I had more downforce, but we all say that. You've covered the series for a long time. Are there one or two storylines that kind of have woven themselves in and out over the years? I don't know if there's consistent storylines other than if you look, we're in a run for a championship now. We're again having a run for a championship where consistency versus aggressiveness is at play. 
Scott Dixon is the model of consistency, and we've seen so many times that championships are won with consistency, but yet you've got somebody like an Alexander Rossi who's on fire. Even Will Power now is finishing off the season, you know, with aggression and with, with power. And it's so interesting to kind of see that is kind of a recurring theme, that in order to win this championship with all the different disciplines and the kind of tracks you have to run, it's consistency that invariably brings home a championship. Are we going to see a champion in the next five years that's not coming from the big players like Penske or Ganassi? Oh, I think so. Yeah, it can definitely happen. There's no question. So uh, it's just a, a case. And, and sad to say that uh, we will see what happens, but Robert Wickens would have certainly been somebody in that category. Let's hope he's able to return. Uh, he was showing this year as a rookie healthy, moving on to the next season, that he would have been someone who would fall in that category. You've had to cover a lot of tragedy with the series, and let's talk a little bit about that. Having to wait outside the medical center for an update, as a reporter and as a former driver, just take me through the emotions that you are facing. Well, we, and I can speak for, for journalists, for television background, I mean, we all, this is our family. So when you're waiting for an update, it's like you're at the emergency room with a family member. You're waiting to find out what has happened. So yes, it's very emotional, it's very personal, but at the same time, you have a job to do that needs to be done professionally. And unfortunately, I've had a little bit of experience with that, having done this so long. Thankfully, if you look at a 30-year history, there's only a few. But you remember, you remember those situations. Um, you remember how to conduct yourself, and oftentimes you have to kind of shut the emotions off for a bit and become a reporter and basically just make sure the facts are delivered without necessarily, because you want to quit, you want to react. You want to react from a human standpoint, but you're more gathering information so that everyone else has it, and that's what you have to remember. You know, it's funny, Greg Moore was my favorite driver growing up, and of course we know what happened with him in Fontana. And then I've seen it with Dale Earnhardt Sr. on the NASCAR circuit. But you're right, it's really tough as a reporter, but as kind of the face of the of IndyCar, and I, I say that, you know, half-jokingly, but you, you really are. Um, the fact that you have to be that guy, does that weigh extra on you? No, I don't think so. I think that's, uh, it's an honor in a way that they would trust you with the responsibility to do something that's that heavy. And yes, I remember, like it was yesterday, Greg Moore, who was one of my students, actually uh, was very close to Greg, and those are very tough times. But like you would if you were leading a family or a company or something, and a relative, you had to deliver news on their health, you just need to try again to, to be strong, uh, you know, trust that You'll be led in a way that's honoring to he and his family, whatever it may be, and you know, just deliver the facts. Don't try to, you know, deliver something that's not there. Sure. You do a lot of work with charity, and you're involved with IndyCar Industries. Tell me about your work there. Well, that's been, uh, if I would say, that's what happens off camera, or that's what happens away from the track that uh, is most gratifying. I would say that over the 30 years I've been doing this, probably 20 or 25 of that, I have led a Bible study that we do over the weekend, usually on a Saturday evening. And it's a small group, uh, but it's something we've been able to do consistently, and that just brings a lot of return. Uh, because ultimately, you know, racing is entertainment, we revolve around racing, but at the end of the day, uh, there's more to life than racing. I hate to say it, <laughs> but we have an opportunity to focus on why are we here, how can we be a blessing, um, how can we minister to others. There's a lot of people going through hardships, uh, not just physically, 
uh, like the Wickens family, but there's a lot of things that happen in this paddock. And if we can pray for people, if we can be encouraging, uh, when I go home in the day, we had a good Bible study, and we've been able to be together, uh, that makes me feel great. Jan, where can folks find out more about you, follow you on social media, that type of thing? Well, not too many places. Uh, you know, Twitter, uh, just my, it's at Jan Bikas. It's easy to find. Um, I'm not a huge fan of social media. I use it sparingly. I mean, my philosophy is I don't tweet a whole bunch of stuff, but I like to tweet out facts, I like pit windows, um, you know, things that you couldn't find other places, not necessarily what I had for breakfast. So I know that there's different ways to look at it, but yes, you can find me there, but it'll be mostly facts and uh, retweets and things that I find of importance. Jan, I really appreciate taking a couple of minutes. I know you're extremely busy. Welcome back to Portland, and thank you for a moment of your time. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to meet you, a local Portland person uh, pulling for this series. We appreciate it. It's fun to be back.